One, two. Hi, welcome to Rockstar Sucks. My name is Carl Kuhn. You may know me from my various music projects, Museum Mouth, Gay Meat, or my slight involvement with the band Say Anything. Hello, my name is Becca High, and my words of wisdom to you today is to wear gloves if you're cutting up hot peppers, especially for people with sensitive skin out there. Just a little life pro tip. <laughs> Um, our guest really obviously wants to make a comment about this. So I'm going to go ahead and intro them. Today, we're joined by an iconic guest. They're none other than my friend, Chris Farron. Chris, Hello. how are you? I'm great. I, I, uh, uh, my wife and I, we're on this purple carrot thing. It's like a vegan meal uh, fucking thing that you make your precious little meals. Uh, and I was cutting up peppers uh, or like jalapenos. And I hate to say this, I touched my penis, and <laughs> it hurt for a, while, a long, or you know, a few hours. Yeah, a couple of days, a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> That's hell. It is yeah. hell. Yep. Wow. Well, that is. Um, I love that for you. <laughs> That's perfect for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, so uh, I haven't, I, we haven't spoken words to each other in in a non-text way in so long. How are you? What's new? I'm pretty good. You know, just been here in my precious little room, uh, <laughs> working on different music things and different art things. Yeah, I feel like I'm spe- I'm spending like 2021 uh, getting ready for 2022. I guess. That, I don't think you're alone in. I'm in like being privately in that boat. 2021 for a public 2022. I think that's an amazing plan. Yeah. I love that for you. Um, okay, so the three of us are gathered here today on Zoom. Hey, Becca, discuss... have we ever met before? I don't... Oh my God, he's taking over my podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just no, not you're... Uh, formally. I feel like you were one of the last shows I saw before COVID hit because I saw you when you were on tour with Free Throw and you played oh. in Berkeley and that's back when oh. I lived in Oakland. Wow. Yeah, cool. me and my friend Abby went and saw you. That was a fun show. I remember. Yes, it was. I remember. That <laughs> I forgot <show>. about that <laughs> band. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, great. Wow. Nice. Yeah, to, so nice it, to meet you like this. Yes. Yes. As well. Yes, as as well. You too. <laughs> yes, as well. You too. Um, wow. And, I, and, I and now I won't say another word, Carl. It's all... It's, and it's, I'm just here to watch, really. <laughs> My voyeuristic podcast guest <laughs> friend. Um, uh, so the three of us are gathered here today on Zoom. I'm sorry. I'm on Zoom. I'm like panicking and rushing because I was telling Becca right before we started recording, but I threw my back out earlier today, Ooh. Chris, and I like literally feel like a grandpa. I can like only wiggle in this chair in minimal pain. I have an ice pack like tied around my back like uh, with a sweatshirt. Like I'm a 90s child. It's really I'm sorry. Did you take some, some ibuprofen? I did. I took six. Is that a, a legal amount to take? Yeah. It's probably fine. Okay. Okay, yeah, good. I'm praying to God. Um, but okay, so... Oh my God, I need to just like wipe this slate clean. Um, the three of us are gathered here today on Zoom to discuss a little album called Parachutes by the yeah, band baby. Coldplay. Uh, 
Um, it was really hard for us to settle on this with 48 hours notice. Um, and I didn't care what Coldplay record we picked, but I will say in full disclosure, this was the one that I probably hadn't listened to since it came out in what, the year 2000? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to do a little research on this because I don't remember anything other than Yellow and then the song from Garden State. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, which, so we normally which, open... which song was in Garden State? Opening track. What's it don't called? Don't panic. Don't panic. Yes. Ah, yes. Um, so we normally open the pod discussing a little bit about where we were in life, what things were like when the album came out, when we found out about this album, first listened to it, whatever works for you. Um, so Chris, I'm curious, what was life like for you when you discovered Parachutes by Coldplay? I wasn't born yet, unfortunately. <laughs> Shut up. I am 21 years old. Um, oh no, I, I, all I really remember is seeing the music video. It was, you know, definitely a, a music video time in everybody's life. Uh, and being like, that's a good song. Well, you're talking a, about the video for yellow, yellow right? Sorry. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, I, d- I didn't really like lock into it at that time, but I feel like maybe like a year or two later is when I was like actually getting interested in Coldplay. And I uh, remember really liking this record. And, uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but <laughs> at the time I, I really liked this record. Okay, okay. Bacardo, what was life like for you? Um, I was seven years old when I discovered this <laughs> album. Um, I believe uh, my mom had the CD and was playing this album all the time. So I actually learned about Coldplay through my mother. And then from there on out, I don't know, I feel like she got a rush of blood to the head uh, on CD as well, but it's amazing how it stuck. Tell you what, listening to this album for the first time in however many years, twenty plus years, and I still know all the words, but also every song is pretty simple, so it's not that hard to remember. Yeah, I um, I also found out about this band and album through music videos. The video for Yellow was constantly being played on MTV, right. VH1. This is I can I kind of like associate this, the song and that song in Vid as like VH1 core because I feel like VH1 was like at that time was like the more adult alternative version of Certainly, MTV. Yeah. This song was like r- absolutely ruling. Does VH1, VH1 still exist? It does still exist. Yeah, it's actually where Drag Race airs now. Is that all they have? <laughs> Kind of, yeah. They have some other random reality shows. Um, I think they have Love and Hip Hop and a couple other things mm. that like do well for them. But yeah, in general, kind of just a bizarre void in uh, the culture now, VH1. Yeah. R.I.P. God, I, I learned so much from VH1. And now that you mentioned that this played on VH1 a lot, I mean, every morning before school we were playing, had VH1 on the TV and it was just playing music videos. I mean, freaking pop-up video, baby. Pop-up video. It's well, so weird that they don't continue that in any way. It's yeah. good. It's just <laughs> simply good. Pop-up video is like a great concept executed perfectly. And it, it, it doesn't make sense that it would have ever stopped. It seems like like something like as reliable as, well, I, this is 
changing, but like Jeopardy or something like that, you know, like something that's just so like, this will be on TV forever. Wheel of Fortune vibes. Yeah. Wheel of Fortune, yeah. Yeah, those 30 minutes before Jeopardy. Yeah, I agree with that. It's so stupid. And then also VH1, I feel like they, you know what they did? They rushed through the I love the dot, dot, dot. Um, those programs, they rush through those. Because I feel like we need one for I Love the 2010s, but we're like, you know, or we could be doing the I Love the 2000s right now. And yeah. then I Love the 2010s like in a couple years. Right. But, you know, they just, they shot their load too quick. Yes. and Yeah, that's where majority of my cultural knowledge of stuff before I was born came from, was from that series. I Love the 80s and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tea. That's really tea. Um, but okay, yeah, Yellow was the vid. It was like the song for me. I was obsessed with it when it came out. Um, on tour in 2019, we had a couple days off on the West Coast. I tried to recreate the video for Yellow. That footage is on someone's iPhone somewhere. I don't know where. Obviously, it didn't get done. Um, somebody, but- somebody, I think on my very record label, Polyvinyl, just did like a cover and recreation of the video. That'd be Ian Sweet, baby. Yeah, yes, yeah, they yeah. did. Yes. That cover is great too, yeah. which is cool. Hard song to cover, I feel like. And this is the epitome of a, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, like yeah, they just nailed that song in ha, general. Do you but know the story obviously... about how they wrote the song? I I don't know much. I don't know much lore about this album. Period. I don't know much about the album, but I, I there was a Coldplay Chris Martin interview on Howard Stern, I think, and he was talking about writing this song, and he was. Uh, fucking around doing like like pretending to play a like kind of like mi- make up a Neil Young song on the spot and like okay. and started playing yellow and like but was like singing like making up the words but singing like mocking style Neil Young uh, and and then they were like actually it's pretty good maybe maybe just <laughs> let's make this a real song that's iconic that's very Liam Lynch of him yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah so i don't i don't know i don't again i got more into this band later but um you know i have opinions on this record so let's talk about it this was their first studio album release yes they had an ep before this but this was their first this was their debut album uh huh. I wanna I wanna hear opinions on the cover art because I just learned yesterday that it is in fact not a picture of the moon, but a spinning <laughs> light up globe. <laughs> oh, what is it? I need to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it um I think it's very obvious that it's a globe once you know it. <laughs> but I definitely think for a long time I was under the impression it was just a yellow circle. No I, yeah, moon. I think I just never thought about what it was. And just was like, it's something. It's a, a blob. Yeah. I always thought it was the moon. Yeah, I guess like... I probably thought it was the moon. Yeah, it, 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 it has a moon quality to it, certainly. Well, in the wiki, they talk about how this globe appeared in two music videos for this record. And this globe uh, joined them on stage on tour for this album. Hey, I so like that little, little, little Easter egg. It's the details. It's really the details. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, um, should we? D- so Carl, love it or hate it? The album art. I oh, I actually love it. I think the font is cool. Okay. It's a good font. It works. It's like it's kind of like cur- this font is like back. I would say. 
It's a good font. Yeah, you really... Uh, it's so easy to make something that looks so fucking bad. <laughs> it really is incredibly <laughs> easy to make bad album art. And this band went on to make some really fugly album oh, art. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But this is but, nice, simple... Mm. I'm in. Yeah, we're we're standing this. This is good. This is also just good color story in general. The black, the yellow, the orange. It certainly fits the feel of the album as well. Like it's a I mean it it is certainly Coldplay's like darkest like uh like kind of like eeriest feeling like rainy London 3 a.m. type <laughs> record. I agree because it's kind of their most like singer actual singer songwriter album. Right, I, they like you don't agree. I don't agree. I okay. think a rush of blood to the head is more eerie than this album. Really interesting. Yeah. Well, I will say these first two albums in general are kind of the most capital B band that this band would ever be. Certainly, because they definitely they go on to become like production studio maverick people that are like addicted to sounds that you can't play with real instruments and that's fine that's great sure. we love that for them that, but um, i mean something i i don't think i ever really noticed before until i listened to this yesterday was the lead guitar sounds so good on this whole record like it sounds so fucking good uh i mean the 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 production on this album is like if you're like a a band with four people and you just want if that's just what you want to do, like this would be like what I would like the fucking template sonically for me. No, most definitely. I think in terms of production, everything that is happening here sounds so fucking good in general. There are a couple moments where I'm like, okay, this is very dry '90s snare, but that's like right. just me critiquing. Yeah something so dumb the acoustic um, guitar sounds really good which acoustic guitar very rarely sounds very good <laughs> you know yeah i'm like addicted to just putting chorus on acoustic guitar because i'm like i can't produce like in terms of engineering it myself it's always gonna sound like shit right. so yeah. it's hard <laughs> at least i'll make it sound cool yeah um but yeah so i feel like there's some credit due to um whoever produced this my beautiful knowledge of this um chris allison and then also ken nelson There's and then also song. the band yeah ken nelson did sparks right one of someone did one song mm -hmm. i can't remember which one though <laughs> shout out to them <laughs> whoever it was and whatever song it was something uh that i will say another thing another very positive thing i'll say about this album to me it's nice to hear a, uh, with uh, to me, with the exception of Yellow, none of these songs. Uh, well, actually, there's there's like three or four songs at the end of this album that I think are just not good and are boring. And I think <laughs> I think the first like six or seven songs of this album, I'm like, these are so fucking good to me. Uh, and then the album kind of just goes away from me, and I'm just like, uh, they had to make a ten or 11 song album I guess um, but uh, uh, it's so cool to hear an album especially by a band that went on to become like one of the biggest bands in the world uh, with a bunch of songs that you can tell are not even like trying to be hit songs they're just trying to be good songs yes and totally. I think when you listen to Coldplay records now like especially the last two or three probably like 
you're like, oh, these are just all like manufactured with the intent of like possible the possibility of becoming like a hit song. And all of mm-hmm. these songs, like some of them, like you would never think would be a hit song. Uh, and, yeah. You know, and, but they're just like really well crafted, little nice, like alternative rock songs. Yeah, they were definitely still very much operating in the zone of like, we're putting out an album with two to three singles, period. Right, right. And that's like, that's a really cool headspace to be in that people don't do anymore. It's mm-hmm. like now there definitely is so much pressure to have like that surprise like song that is great, that somehow charts at radio and slays right. and you release as like a real single. And, you know, yeah, totally. Everything is much more labored over now in terms of hoping for organic success, which you know, is an oxymoron when you're doing that. <laughs> but, um, okay, so uh, the critical reception of Parachutes, I was <laughs> gagged to see that Pitchfork gave this record a 5.3. <laughs> Pitchfork absolutely dogs this band their entire career with the exception of, say it with me, Milo Xyloto or whatever, which Great I was record. not expecting. I like that record. <laughs> all, yeah. That record slays ass. The way that record starts, to me, oh. one of the coolest ways a record starts. Are you talking about Hurts Like Heaven? So, I covered that song for something. I, I actually, I covered it for like, uh, you know, how when you're in a band, like 50 people a year ask you to do a, a cover <laughs> of something and then like 30 of them come out and you're like... <laughs> I spent like four days working on that. Where, when is that coming out? <laughs> I'm so glad you're talking about this phenomenon on this podcast because it's real. It's really real. I, I At a certain point last year, I just started saying no to comps. I remember we had a conversation about this because there yeah. was like so much pressure to be like, you know, the world is ending, contribute to this cause. And it's like right. after a certain point, like my fan base doesn't care that I'm doing this. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and I have to like want to do it personally and sure. I don't want to do it personally because it's work and yeah. I would rather just throw my money at this thing. Period. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So that was, yeah, I remember us talking about that because that's an interesting thing that occurs when you're in a band. But um, yes. So it hurts like heaven. I blew out the speakers on my old car listening to that song. It fucking rocks. <laughs> Yeah, that record in general. I remember being perturbed by that one song, Waterfalls, and how there's no snare hits, but that's mm. fine. It's very Robin of them to do that. But Is that every te- every teardrop is a waterfall? Yes, thank you. I knew it had a longer title than that, but which it, oh, I was it, thinking when 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 you when you hear like when you see Coldplay new song Every Teardrop is a Waterfall, like, you know, Twitter overall is like, you know, fuck you fuck this but then when you hear the song you're like it works <laughs> it really does work it really works Shit, um, like lyrics in general look dumb if you just read them out of context like that's mm-hmm. the nature of most lyrics i think yes very very rarely do they actually like feel poetic when you're just reading them right Becca, you've never been further away from the mic. What's going on? (laughs) She has nothing to contribute to this discourse. I somehow have that album in my iTunes, but I don't recall any song off that album. Yeah. Milo Xylitol. Also, we're here to talk about parachutes. Sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to, when I make the graphic for this, I'm just going to make it Coldplay. We don't talk about one album. Um, okay, so let's dig into the track listing, shall we? Unless there's anything else you want to say about critical reception, Becca. 
No, I lo- I actually love the Pitchfork review. Um, spoiler spoiler alert! I think the all the um, adjectives used. I mean, I kind I agree with. Oh, how they just name some? I guess what 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 are like they? pretty, lovely, fine, fair, pleasant, agreeable. You know, safe, innocent, harmless, benign. I mean I don't think yeah I agree I don't think they're wrong but I do think it is a little cruel I would say that if this if Coldplay put this record out now like after pretend like pretend some other record was their first record and they had done everything they have done and then they put out this record everybody would be like what the fuck weird ass fucking record is this like this is so out of left field this is so like a statement it's like i could i i would i would i guess at the time it made sense to call this like safe and and pleasant and just like fine um but they had no idea what Coldplay would become. How uh, agreeable <laughs> their music would become. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like if they put this out in 2021, it would be like their folklore. <laughs> totally. Completely. Yeah. People would be like, oh my God, Coldplay's indie rock. Yeah. Um, wow. I kind of hope they... I Didn't they just put out something? I was about to say, I hope they put out an I indie rock know. album, but... I, 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 I have... I, I was kind of like really on board with Coldplay and then I think the last like four years of them I just I have not been able to con- since the monkey album I was gonna say since the I monkey band <laughs> since the monkey album I'm pretty much out I have that... I have a consistently at least loved at least like th- three or four songs on every Coldplay record until the monkey album the monkey had the audacity of them to do that bit. <laughs> I have a I have a shirt. I have a tour shirt from the tour for that album that is the four monkeys on the front. Oh. And I got it from a literal teenager I was working with last year when I went back to working in food service because I was screaming about that vid one day. And she was like, Carl, I saw that band on tour for that record. And I have the shirt. And I was like, no, you don't. And she's like, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I came in one day and it just had like, it was all folded nicely and had my name on it. And I was like, this is the best gift I've ever gotten. Um, But yes. So, all right. It's very, at this point, I feel like I could flip it on Depop for dollars. And thinking like that, that was like, what, five years ago that that record came out? Yeah, I, bet, I bet that video yeah. looks like absolute dog shit now. <laughs> like, I, I think probably at the time they were like, this is like the hot, this is like probably like George Lucas helped them make the video or some shit. It was like, <laughs> this is the up. best looking thing ever. <laughs> and then you look at it now and it's like, wow, this was only five years ago that, that the things that, uh, the abilities we had sucked this much shit. Well, I'm going to actually stop you right there and say, have you ever, or have you recently watched the video for I'm a bee by the black eyed peas? No, I don't okay, know. So that I'm a bee. I'm a <laughs> Yeah, it's not like Buzz Buzz B, but like I'm a B doing something. So Oh, um, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that video that video came out years and years ago at this point. And it's very District 9, it's very Transformers vibes, but it recently got uploaded in 4K to YouTube and it looks incredible. Really? It looks it looks better than Transformers in okay. my opinion. Okay. All right. I'll check that out. 
Yeah, you should. I'm gonna link you once we're done. It's really legitimately very good, and it looks good. But yes, I could see the monkeys looking like absolute dogs. I'm, dog I'm shit. watching the video right now. For I'm the a first the thing they do is dig up like a beet's pill from under <laughs> the leaves. <laughs> the monkeys? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't think it looks good. I mean, yeah. is it supposed to like look realistic? I think it is. I think that. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the monkeys are supposed to resemble the bandmates. Yeah, I think I, I think they did like mocap, like heavy duty, uh, like they got in mocap suits and did a whole thing. Oh god, this is so cringy. How much do you think they cost the vid? Oh, you could put like every music video you and I have made together, and it would. Uh, uh, like over our entire careers, <laughs> yeah. and it would not even cover like the ca- like half of the catering budget on this. On this. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say crafty would have half their budget. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. totally right. Wow. Oh my lord in heaven! I have tears in my eyes because the monkeys. Um, <laughs> the monkeys. <laughs> the monkeys. It's so funny that you can just say that, and people, if they're in the know, they absolutely get it. Yeah, and and that's like I, I'm sorry, Becca, that we're not talking about parachutes. I have one final thing to say. <laughs> it's like you have Beyonce on your record, and you still make a bad record. Like that's you know, it's rough stuff. It's really rough stuff. Also, the fact that they've collabed with Beyonce and Rihanna. Yeah. That's crazy on a boots. The Rihanna collab, I think, is good, though. That song is amazing. What's it called? Princess of China? Princess of of China. Yeah. Yeah. That song is really good. Um, (laughs) Three hours ago, someone commented on the video, looks like an expensive music video. <laughs> I mean, they they know when you know you know. Have you t- or um, Chris? When was the last time you watched the video for "Ready for It" by Taylor Swift? Ready for it? Yeah, it's off Reputation. It's the opening track. Oh, is it the snake? Or wait, it's not the snake video, is it? That's like what you made me do. Yeah. What happens in "Ready for It"? I, I may have missed it completely. So "Ready for It" is what I would describe as probably one of the most expensive-looking music videos I've ever seen. Really? And it's trash. It's like her in like a weird, futuristic sort of like <laughs> urban setting, and she encounters like an AI version of herself in like a gl- a cube that's like glowing. It's out of control, and it's so bad. What is she? I, I, this is the last thing I'll say, and then I'll be quiet for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> what is she going to do when it's time for Taylor's version of Reputation? Is she just going to do it again? <laughs> like, can you imagine making a, an album that sucks shit that nobody likes, and then you're like, all right, I'm just going to make it the same thing again, like verbatim. <laughs> like all of her other records are like beloved and I would say universally, most people know that this record sucks. Okay, dress though. <laughs> the song "Dress" okay, on Reputation. Okay. That song is insanely good. I, I just That's wonder like, if she's gonna do like a re, like a, a, a do a major retooling and kind of uh, rewrite her narrative with it. She does like a acoustic guitar indie rock version of the song that has Ed Sheeran rapping on it. Oh my god! Ay ay ay. I actually, Reputation is so crazy. So when it came out, it was hands down 
Flapiana. It was like the worst thing Carl. I'd ever heard. But <laughs> in retrospect, <laughs> talk about a pair of shoes if I don't play. <laughs> I'm gonna make the graphics say Coldplay, comma Taylor Swift. <laughs> I literally, I just have to say, I actually <laughs> like that record now. Gorgeous is also a good song. Delicate is a good song. Dress. Those are my three. Those are the three best songs on that record. Okay, I'll I'll, you, I'll give it a re-listen. I tweeted like a couple years back being like, I think this is even when I had like my big personal account on Twitter, but I was tweeting about how Dress by Taylor Swift is like, I hope that young queer kids are like having their first queer experience that song. And then I was like, wait, no, young queer kids are just like taking Molly and like fucking <laughs> listening to Sophie songs in like a dingy basement. <laughs> um, but okay, so parachutes by Coldplay <laughs> opens. <laughs> it opens in the song that 30. we talked. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually good because I again I had it. I listened to this record once for this app. I don't really have a lot of strong opinions. Me neither. It's so hard for me to stay awake listening to this album. And wow. Chris is silent I like on it. that. <laughs> I mean, I, li- I like, I like, uh, it is a very specific album for a very specific type of mood. Uh, it feels mature in a way that like none of their other albums to me do. Um, it definitely is very gets becomes uh, unbearably boring uh at track like six or seven i i should look at the track list to really pinpoint which we're getting into right now track number (laughs) one (laughs) i will say speaking of just elaborate on something you just said this does kind of feel like a record that a rock band would make after they have been around for a while right so it is interesting for them to open the door with a record this subdued and then kind of it's it literally is benjamin button syndrome wow becca amazing a very astute observation but Like Becca said, track one is a song called <laughs> Don't Panic. Um, Becca, I know we've talked about this song on the pod before, but I'm going to ask you first, how are you feeling today on this specific day about Don't Panic by Coldplay? It's a good song. Um, I read somewhere, apparently it's about a bad date, which is really funny to me because nowhere in the lyrics is it hinting at being on a bad date. I could kind of see that That's actually. songwriting, baby. Hell yeah. Okay, Carl, how can you kind of see that? I can kind of see it because it's like, to me, it feels like um, very, very broad observations on just kind of like being a human being on Earth. And I imagine that on a bad date, you have so little in common with the person that you're talking about truly the most broad ass shit because that's literally all you have in common is that you're both humans on Earth. Am I like, can anyone relate to that? Is that a thing? Sure, yeah. Sure, I don't yeah. know. I think it's more about <laughs> like the world ending, especially given the title is Don't Panic, which is referencing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And it's mm-hmm. like we live in a beautiful world. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too. But I mean, it's a good song. It's a good yeah. song. It's two minutes and 17 seconds long. That's amazing. Yeah. What a dream to as a songwriter to make a song that feels like a full song that is less than two and a half minutes long no better feeling chris have you listened to good ones the new charlie xcx single no is, is it good 
it's incredibly short. It's like 202. Okay. And it is good. It's right. yeah, but she I think she accomplishes that too. Though I think that that's on good stand to have a bridge, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Don't Panic slays ass and hole. This is one of my favorite songs on this record. Um I kind of wish I wrote this song. Yeah. And the the lead guitar, I mean the lead uh, overall lead guitar on uh, the first six songs is just like it just like makes the songs uh it, it's it's almost like as important as the vocal melody to me like it, often i totally agree if you're not latching on to the vocals like if you think the vocals are boring you at least have to respect the guitar and if you're one of the people that doesn't know how to listen to guitar in a song then you're obsessed with the vocals like it's yeah. just as important yeah yeah oh this song slays this song honestly this song fucks it fucks i think it rocks Okay, Becca. <laughs> All right, track two is a song called Shiver. Chris, how do you feel about Shiver? I like it. Cool bass stuff going on. Like, I don't know. It's it's just a nice little uh, 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 song. I don't know. The bassist, speaking of the bass and Coldplay, the bassist and Coldplay is one of the hottest men alive. Yeah. What's his name? He looks good. Is his name Guy Berryman? I'm Googling. Barry Guy Man? <laughs> Shut up. It is Guy Berryman. <laughs> it is Guy Berryman. Wow, he's so beautiful. Look at him. He's a hot guy. Okay, Chris Barron confirmed homosexual on this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, it's cool. Uh, uh, I like, even if a band sucks, I like it when it's been the four, like the same four members the entire time. Which is crazy. We, we just talked about this with who? With Metric. Mm, cool. And how and how they've always been the same four people. Yeah. That longevity is like you have to pour one out for that. And I always like it when John Frashanti rejoins the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I'm like, they can't get enough of each other. They're four buddies. They love each other. <laughs> I love that I can add Red Hot Chili Peppers to the graphic for this album. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, that's honestly so fucking true. And it is cool. Yeah. Shiver, Shiver's nice. Shiver's, Shiver's nice. I would, is Shiver, I am going to say something so crazy. Is Shiver, Shiver's like the most kind of like Brit pop song on this record. Yeah, it's got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a very like falsetto like heightening chorus type thing yeah, yeah it 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 keeps like build it has like crescendo all the way up to it and it does kind of feel like that sound effect that you just made yeah. if i was really good at editing i would just play it again but... <laughs> yeah yeah all right becca how do you feel about shiffer i feel like this song could go so hard but the mix is like no matter how loud you turn it up it's never loud you know which is like good but like i mean like a full sound like i want a fuller sound from it like i feel like the mix is so subdued you know yeah it all the instruments sound like just themselves playing their little parts there's no like trickery vibes like i want it to 
you know? Some chords in the chorus would be nice. Chords, just but like, instead, you're just getting the single note thing. You're getting the yep. single note thing. It's like, so this whole record, they focus on his vocals in the mix so much that it's like, oh, I don't know. It could rock if they just like remixed it, I think. I mean, like rock, capital R, rock, you know? Yeah. Like, there's distorted guitar, but it's literally just, like, single string, a right. note. It's all just, like, distorted, but I want a distorted chord somewhere. Yeah. That little guitar part... The little guitar part in between the verse and, like, the what Genius is calling the refrain is so psycho good. That do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It is a I good song. Love... I just have issues with how it's mixed. But I also feel like at this, I I always say this kind of shit, um, and then I like find out that there's some album from ten years before this that like defies that. But I feel like at this time, like no one was like fucking with experimental production. It was very much like your your band is going to sound like the best version of just themselves on a record. Yeah. Um, at this level, like, if you're coming out on a major label, like, you're not, like, taking any chances. No, there's no risk. It's, like, they want you to sound like how you're going to sound live, but, like, just a little better. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I get why it's not maybe fuller, especially at the chorus, but I think that this song absolutely rocks. It's a great song. Okay. It rocks. <laughs> Chris, do you think it rocks or do you think it sucks? Do you think it's fine or do you think it fucks? I think it rocks. <laughs> really confident. Okay. Um, track three is a song called Spies. Becca, how do you feel about Miss Spies? Uh, it's boring. <laughs> um, apparently it's like inspired by their love of James Bond, which is like the it- most British shit i've ever heard <laughs> also it does, speaking, it does yeah sorry go no go ahead it does uh, i uh, that is interesting it does have that kind of like yeah it's got it's got like very like uh sneaky little feeling to it i mean it is like all about spies there mm-hmm. are spies I think um. this song, <laughs> these lyrics are literally funny to me. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Spies came out in the water. <laughs> spies hide out in every corner. But you're feeling so bad because you know that spies hide out in every corner. I want to replace spies with spiders. Oh my God. This song is literally absolutely ridiculous. But... It does sound cool. <laughs> it sounds cool. It sounds great. It's cool. Uh, I like the chorus. Like the or is is the chorus? Spies came out of the water. Yeah. Yes. I like a chorus that can just kind of like it. It doesn't like go up or down. It just kind of like is like matter of fact almost. Yeah, and I like I, feel like, th- I like that about this song. I feel like this is a great example of the verse sliding right into the chorus. Right. And you don't even really like, realize it's the chorus until the second time it comes around. You're like, oh, yes, I've heard this part. Totally. That's like, that is a cool move that I feel like 
um I feel like some bands are bad about differentiating when like that's the move when you're like slide tackling the chorus or when you're like making your big statement chorus fall out of the sky. Certainly. Some bands some bands never really differentiate those two and I think that that is a weakness, but oh, I think yeah. that this band is showing that they are capable of that with this, which is cool. It feels calculated and it's nice and the tremolo guitar, the really loud tremolo guitar that happens in the chorus is a nice effect to make you know, a moody, eerie moment sound more moody and more eerie. Yeah. Um, in general, I think this song is executed really well. I just think it's corny and I think it's literally funny. Lyrically, it is it is extremely corny to me. <laughs> Do you think they still play this song live? <laughs> no. I think I read somewhere they actually hate this album and they tend to only play Yellow off this album. Really? I, yeah. I can see that uh, it would be weird. It would feel weird in a set list of the songs we all know from Coldplay now if they played one of these songs. Oh, my God. If they, like, literally, imagine them playing, like, Clocks or, like, Speed of Sound and then this song. I'd be like, what? Yeah. Or them playing, like, the like Rihanna comes out and joins them for Princess of China and then they play this song. I'd be like, no. No. <laughs> it would have to be, they, they're, like, doing, like, a 20-year thing for this record in smaller theaters that's the vibe of Coldplay playing parachutes now I couldn't agree more and also I think that that's like there's almost something reassuring about hearing a band that's as massive as this band is now hearing like a essentially a bad song like this from them early on it's like okay like you know if you have a couple warts in your discography you still are capable of amazing success period boots I mean, Chris Martin does have a great voice, and he loves going into that that falsetto he does so flawlessly. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I love, I love when he goes into the falsetto. I was like trying to figure out why I like to do that in songs I'm writing, and I like couldn't pinpoint it. But like through being through doing this podcast, I'm like, wow, a lot of bands in this era were doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Spies sucks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll give it a wait. Can it be fine? Is that one? Yeah, of it can them? be fine. Okay, yes. I think it's fine. I think it's like what is slay. All right, track four though. Sparks. Sparks is a great song. Another very cool bass situation going on, like the boom, 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 boom. Is that this song? Yes, it is definitely. Yes, it's like so, almost like the lead is a, the bass line. It definitely is the most melodic thing happening at multiple points of the song. Yeah. Um, I like okay, it. I'm doing I'm doing the horrible thing where I'm listening to it while we're talking about it. I think this song is very. It just reminds you how this whole album is kind of meant to be in a show like Grey's Anatomy. It's sweet. <laughs> this is pre-Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, this is. I, well, you know, you know what I'm talking about. ER. This ER. Song was to okay, be ER. Of ER. <laughs> ER was so much better than Grey's Anatomy. George Clooney. Uh, um, and, ah. Uh, okay, anyways. It is, okay, I, okay, what I have to say about Sparks is I think that it is, I think it is legitimately iconic and almost hilarious that a fake song, a song that started out as a fake version of a song like Yellow could be so impactful where a song like this, where it feels like maybe 
multiple members of this band are really trying to write a good song could have less of an effective impact than the fake song. Yeah. Like, you know, I did isn't not that, process that, any of that. Hard that to always, follow. It always feels like the case when you, like the lore of hit songs very often, like the PR on them is like, this was the last song we wrote for the record. Or like, this was our fuck. We're just joking when we made this song. Like, that's like <laughs> yeah. Almost like I would say like 70% of hit songs, like some, they, they say that at some point, you know, just dance by Lady Gaga comes to mind. says she wrote that song in five minutes. Beautiful. You know? Yeah, that is that is funny. So Yellow does fall into that category. Yeah. And I feel like a song like this that maybe I'm going to, dare I say, it feels a little labored over. It feels like very intentionally like written and laid out and feels like maybe effort and some revision went into these lyrics. It just doesn't hit as hard. I still think this song rocks, though. Am I crazy? This I is, think it rocks. This is the Ken Nelson song. So this is from the sessions that made up the EP before this. Uh... Yes. If it's yeah. the one song by a different producer, then yeah, this is from the EP that they put out before this. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a sweet song. It's like very string light imagery. Yes. I mean, the the lyrics on this record, by and large, are so vague, so like almost nothing, basically. They're like so tailored to the vibe of the record like they're not really trying to say anything really other mm -hmm. than like how the music feels it, it yes feels like you know mm -hmm. totally 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 i feel like they're definitely i feel like everything about the mood that they're laying out with this record they improved upon lyrically with a rush of blood to the head which is cool and i yeah. love that for this band when you can like literally track their growth from album to album as people and as songwriters that's iconic we stand that i think that the song has a lot of cool redeeming qualities i think the song rocks i think it rocks uh it's fine <laughs> it's sickening all right track five have you guys ever heard this song it's called <laughs> yellow i mean is this is else? this t still their biggest song you think it must be Let's. I actually was just looking at the Spotify stats before we got on this, and this song has almost a billion plays. <laughs> oh, actually, the scientist has more plays than this. Mm. Interesting. And actually, a couple songs, something just like this. I don't know the that song. Chain Smokers song. Oh, that song has a billion plays also. Wow. I didn't know that they made a song with the Chain Smokers. You've heard it. You definitely have heard it. Okay. You would you, as soon as you play, you'll be like, "Oh fuck, right." Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's gonna play through my headphones. Carl's oh no, okay. I unfortunately, Chris, I hate to bust your little bubble. I've never heard this song, but really? I will say that it has the refrain that all chain smoker songs have. So I, I think it's the only could... chain smoker song I have heard. You've heard Closer, the song with Halsey. Uh-uh. Yes, you... Oh, okay, we're literally fighting on this podcast. Okay, I'm about to add the Chainsmokers to the... Okay, let me, let me the see this Halsey this. song. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So, baby, hold me closer in the back of your Range Rover, whatever the lyric is. I want to... You've heard... I want to I'm listening to it right now in my headphones. Someone who works at Spotify needs to go back to... 
when you click on see discography it just shows the albums and not the track listing for every album that shit is Wait, annoying it does that now it does that now so you have to scroll for the rest of your life to like get to an album oh but you're on the desktop app no i have heard this song i have heard the I'm in the I think I've only heard that. But see, I would argue that like all their hooks sound exactly like that period. Sure, probably, yeah. I mean, the Coldplay song that I just listened to sounded like that when it got to the hook. Yeah. So in essence, if you've heard one Chainsmokers song, you've heard them all. Yes. And that's that on that. And so they, um, they, they can pack it up. <laughs> and <laughs> They did their job. They got a billion plays. Move it on out. Yeah. So in general, I think Yellow is a flawless song. It is insane how well it has aged, in my opinion. It still sounds cool and relevant. I feel like indie rock now is moving into this territory of sounding like this. You know what I said? I said this was Carl's favorite song in the world ever because uh, this uh, you felt seen for the first time with your synesthesia. It is incredibly true. Any song, any song title that does the work for me and has the color like built into the title or the lyrics or the imagery, I'm like, thank you. Yeah, I love this song. It's funny because this song is not incredibly yellow to me, but the snare. You have that. I. <laughs> you have that. I, Chris. I have that. <laughs> wow. It doesn't necessarily apply to every single song, but like with a lot of sounds, I am very much that. What color? There's is also this? like. It feel it feels blue. It feels dark blue, like almost black. Like the opposite of well, not is it the opposite? Because that makes green, blue, and yellow do opposite colors. Yeah, make a color. Sorry, it like reminds you of colors, or you actually see them. Like the song sounds like colors. Like the sounds sound like colors. They sound like colors. So they so, like, so they remind you of colors. And so the sonic qualities, yes, remind me of colors. When I hear this song, I see colors in my brain. It literally is something that my friends are addicted to challenging me on and being like, you don't have that to the point where I'm like, okay, like maybe I don't, but like at the same time, I do period <laughs> this is like when my friends gaslit me on tour to saying that i need to go get my eyes checked and then i got my eyes checked and i had 2020 vision and i was like okay my friends need to lighten up there is an amazing podcast called Twenty Thousand hertz that has an episode on synesthesia that is fascinating that i highly recommend I Cool. to listen there are like other things that come with synesthesia where it's like you organize like information in like a visual way inside your brain which i like most definitely do like, you know, when, um, you know, in like a, a kid's TV show, when someone puts on like futuristic glasses and they have like all the, the menus on the sides of the screen and stuff like that. That's like how I process information in my brain. Love it. That's why I am the most disorganized man known <laughs> to humankind. Um, but in general, I think Yellow Fox, it's unbelievably good. Can we talk about how the snare sounds in the song, though? Is it bad? I think it's sounds bad i mean i started this podcast off saying that there were some bad snare song sounds on this record a little listen it's like it's yeah it's it's pretty middle of the road situation it's like piccolo's snare sounding yeah but i like that the drums sound like they're drums being played in a room yeah everything sounds really compressed to me Oh, it kind of has that quality where when the kick drum's hitting, you can't hear any of the other drums. Mm. 
Oh, it is really compressed sounding. I can't wait to edit this part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to avoid that at mixing. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people listen to this podcast for mixing advice. Just saying. Uh, but, I mean, it's an iconic song. It really is. The The shade of yellow that is on this genius is like, I, I don't, it's like mac and cheese, which I love mac and cheese, but like seeing it on a screen, I don't like it. It's Velveeta vibes. I kind of like it, especially when it gets to the lighter yellow at the very bottom. Yeah, That's the like lighter yellow is shades. nice. It's the like orangey yellow. Oh, it definitely yeah. looks very powdered cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, does anyone have anything they want to say about this song? <laughs> It's just it's just one of the great songs of our lifetime, really. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is one of the great songs of our lifetime. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's a 10 out of 10 song. It really is. When you think of a capital S song, it's like yellow is not far down on the list. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The song fucks. Great song. I think it rocks. I I guess I'll say it 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 uh, fucks. Okay, my first fuck. <laughs> first time you've ever said fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, track a number after yellow. Six. Track six. Trouble. Um, this song is about you- uh Chris Martin kicking out their drummer for a very brief brief period of time. Whoa, really? uh, yeah. interesting. They felt a lot of pressure from the record label to be perfect, and the drummer just wasn't keeping time, and Chris Martin got frustrated and was like, get out of here, and then he was like, I'm sorry. Okay, so something I need to say about the drummer for Coldplay. Yes. Um, what's his name? Is his name... Baldy. Is his name Will Champion? Yes. Okay, Will Champion. Did you say Baldy? <laughs> Yeah, he's the bald one. There's two bald um, ones. Are there two bald ones? Yeah, the guitar players. Guy, hat, uh, hat bald. Wait, John, what's his name? <laughs> I my tabs are going crazy right now. They have a mind of their own. Um, what's that guy's name? Johnny Buckland. That's the guitarist. That's the other baldy. So Will Champion, the drummer of Coldplay, periodically, every now and then, I will go through this phase where I think he's hotter than Barry Guy Man. Wow. <laughs> no. But it's Hold on, it's let, like, let me get a look at this guy. I thought you it were comes gonna and goes. like talk about his drumming. Oh. Wait, that's the drummer? Yeah, I guess that is the drummer. He is a, a very handsome face, certainly. Okay. Yeah, I think he's hot. Am I crazy? <laughs> no, no, that, I think that's fair. Also, this album is dedicated to his mom, Champion. Yeah, because she passed away of cancer. Yeah. Um. Okay, I have to. Pause. I was listening to the song the whole time I was trying to talk, and it was really distracting. Trouble. Also, I, trouble. I'm just gonna say, fucks. It rocks. I love it. Yes. It's a very good I, song. This piano hook is ungodly good. It's. <laughs> Really, it's something that the minute it started, I was like, "Oh yes, I remember the song. The song slays ass and hole." I think Trouble fucks. 
So I was just reading up on Champion's personal life, and it says him and his wife and kids live in Hampstead. And me, <laughs> like North Carolina, me not remembering that they're British. I'm like, what? And click on it, and I'm like, oh, duh. It's like in London. God. Uh, yeah, Hampstead, North Carolina, truly Nowhereville vibes. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing Trouble, originally titled Spiderwebs, and I think Spiderwebs is a better title for this song, but you know the fucking label was probably like, you say Trouble in the chorus, you should just make it the name of the song. Yeah, also Spiderwebs by No Doubt, probably right. playing into that at the time. Mm-hmm. It is funny now how like you could even call a song like not based, absolutely trifling, and there'd be like nine other songs out there called that. Oh yeah, and people don't care. But um, yes, yes, trouble fucks. Period. I I I, I subscribe to the notion of like name just naming my songs straight up. What other songs are like more popular songs are called. <laughs> <laughs> to get a little bit of that runoff, you know, so like like how period. like porn stars are named like Jennifer Lawrence, but it's like spelled differently, basically. <laughs> I didn't know that about straight porn. I don't. Yeah, a lot of that. straight uh, uh, female porn stars, their names are like honestly, most of the time, it seems like they're like, who do I? Who? What's the famous person I look the most like? And then their name is is like a take on that okay pretty often i'd say interesting i love that um (laughs) i think i had something to say on that topic but now my brain is empty so (laughs) i simply don't um uh, yes did everyone give their verdict on trouble i think i said it rocks i i as well said it rocks Okay, wow. Track seven, Parachutes, title track. Wait, but it's like barely a song, right? It's like a little... Is this the one that's like a little deet, deet, deet? It's 46 seconds long. Right. It's just like acoustic guitar and Chris singing. <laughs> Chris Farron singing? Chris. Yeah, it's actually, actually me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remembered what I was going to say um, in the last song. We were talking about like the trickle down of like a song. Um, title affecting your streams. I was gonna say, so your next record's gonna open with a song called Yankee Doodle. <laughs> <laughs> you literally better now. <laughs> People at Polyvine listen to this podcast, so they're gonna know. Perfect. They're gonna edit the album art right at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, For me, this is the point of this album where I'm out. Okay, this is he checks out. Uh, nothing, nothing. I think there are many, many remarkable moments before this, and that this part. I like this. I would probably appreciate this song, this forty-six second song, more if the next three songs were like awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this little interlude just signifies that it's over for me. I. I understand where you're coming from, Chris. I agree. Okay. I agree. Okay. It starts at like halfway through trouble and then this I'm like halfway asleep and then I'm like fully asleep by the next song. Yeah. Yeah. And I love a good 46 second like verse chorus. I'm out. Like I only have this to say. Like I think that's a cool artistic move when done right. 
but I don't even remember like what he says in this one. Well, I'm reading the lyrics right now, and they're sweet and sad. Okay. Um, it's just I think- so generic. Like, I love you always. I'm here. <laughs> Okay, well, I like that, and I think that this song. Well, I think I this song. I personally it. think love is great. So yeah, love is great. I just Coldplay is such like a, an optimistic band for me, and they're like so hopeful about everything. And I am just, I'm just like, has you're not interested in that. Like, has anything bad ever happened to you in your life, Jesus? <laughs> like, come on now. Yeah, it seems as though, well, I mean, we know that the drummer's mom passed away of cancer, but in general, I feel like Chris Martin is someone who has lived a very charmed life. So I would be more likely to want to drag his ass, but I still think this song rocks. Good. 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 (laughs) I've never had someone listen to me, give my opinion and say, good on this podcast (laughs) before. (laughs) Good. Uh, That is interesting to think about Coldplay in general as being like, I'm sure like you could go into reddit and find like the problematic things they've done in some capacity or or even worked with this person who sucks or something but like they have really stayed pretty much out of the scandal spotlight like you know people make fun of chris martin for naming his kid apple and uh that was all that. that was all gwyneth yeah. Yeah, that was all going yeah, We know now that that was all going <laughs> I love that name. I think it's so cute. It works. All right. Track eight is a song called High Speed. I'm out. If someone held a gun to my head and told me to sing one line from the song, I couldn't do it. And I, I literally just listened to this before we did this, and I don't remember anything I about it. Yeah, this is some weird phenomenon happening because they i can't ever remember the song either well they talk about that in the pitchwork review about how you could listen to this record multiple times in a row and still forget what the song before it sounded like but i remember listening to it earlier and someone had on the internet had made the reference of how like for the fans of radiohead who dropped off after kid a came running to Coldplay. this is like the closest thing to like Pablo Honey Coldplay I think I think that's this song or this record this song okay I think it's interesting that you make that comparison because I was gonna say this is their most Dave Matthews band moment (laughs) (laughs) no which is one of the other two bands that the Pitchwork review of this record loves to compare them to they were like I feel like Uh they were uh, comparing Chris Martin's voice with Dave Matthews voice what or no yeah are they they were yeah oh, okay i oh, think i the- guess dave matthews does do a, like the so- uh, uh, the softer thing i i always think of dave matthews going like <laughs> those are only the verses <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the chorus he loves to hit a sustain take these chances yeah, the confidence in you is confidence in me is confidence in high speed. That those those three lines in the course of the song, that is him sounding incredibly Dave Matthews to me. Okay. I think the song is fine. It's it, I'm going to say it sucks because it 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 be, it, it begins the uh realization 
that an album that I thought could be like, oh wow, this is like a fucking great album is not. It is tarnished. It's like a movie. It's like a movie with a bad ending. I think like a movie that you're like in and then it ends and you're like, oh, okay. Well, if they stuck the landing, that would have been a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like also, an old, perhaps. Wait. <laughs> what? By M. Night I actually, Shyamalan. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. I. Yeah, I agree. I love that. I love that you saw old. Can I tell you? We're gonna have to edit this part out. But the Netflix production I'm currently working on. Oh, okay, yeah. And I literally, since I saw old, I've been addicted to making jokes about being on the beach from old. And I like literally have to watch who I say those jokes to at work now because she's around all the time. I'm glad you saw it though. You're like one of like five people. It doesn't now even really have a like uh, on the scale of M. I'm sorry, Becca. On the scale of M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> movies in general, like it doesn't have much of a twist other than like you find out why the weird thing is happening, you know? Which is essentially indebted to you. You're owed that once something weird starts happening in a movie. Right. So like yeah. really it just resolves, period. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's. it's flawed film to begin with from the ground up the uh, literally the entire script oh my god the dialogue is so insane oh yeah no one talks to each other like that period but um okay high speed we talked about high speed right i also misspoke and this is the song that's uh by it's produced by chris allison and Who's the other guy? Ken Nelson produced all the other songs. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. So Chris Allison, you're out. Did High Speed? Yeah. Chris Allison, you're out. Ken Nelson, you're in. Sashay <laughs> <laughs> away. <laughs> Track nine, We Never Change. I never said if High Speed. Okay, Becca, sucks. tell us how you feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it sucks. Even though there is like a bit more ambience to it, which I live for, but God, I... Yeah, it just is so boring. Yeah, I, I, I really kind of, that's that's where I'm at for nine and ten. Not no, not to give it away, but it's just like, I can't even remember these songs. Well, I will go ahead and say track nine is a song called "We Never Change," and I like this song. Right, Am I on. crazy? Let me, let me, puts me fully to sleep. Let me see. Let me give it a. Let me give it a little quick. Uh, peek. I was literally struggling to keep my eyes open listening to this, and as soon as I finished listening, I closed my laptop and took a nap. <laughs> I did listen to this record earlier as I was drifting off into a nap in hopes of osmosis, <laughs> kind of like making me remember it. it. It okay. It is. I I this song is definitely better than high speed and cooler. Uh, but it does feel designed for sleep almost, which could be in a positive way almost. Uh, it's it's like meant to like kind of lull you, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in general, I think the verse lyrics are abysmal, but the chorus is so pretty, and it's so cool how like the delayed guitar like slides in for that. Mm-hmm. I think. I think the verses suck and the chorus rocks. Okay. So in general, I'm going to say that I weigh verses less than choruses, so the song rocks. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say it's fine. 
Mm, it sucks. Sick. Okay. Track 10, Everything's Not Lost. I have never heard this song before, so I'm going to listen to it right really? now. Really? I feel like it. when I was little, I loved this song, which I hate it now. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's their it. let it be moment. Yeah, it definitely. There's also a hidden track. At the end of this. You gotta love a hidden track. That's the thing that's lost now. Everything's not lost. For me, fine. <laughs> it's fine. What's the hidden Becca, track sound like? Becca, how do you feel about everything's not lost? I hate it. Okay, this is the whole, like, them being, like, so optimistic. They're just like, don't you get down or sad, you know? Everything is great, you know? Don't let stuff drag you down. Um, yeah, this song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hidden track. Life is for the living. Life is for living? Is interesting. Hidden track in general, like, it is kind of a relic of the past because nothing is truly hideable anymore basically no in media uh yeah like you can see when things end so you know like something's coming um and when you're when you're like choosing something to be a hidden track unless you're doing like a very specific concept album or something like you're probably going to be like, oh, let's put the song that we feel attached to but know isn't going to really, doesn't really do it much for anybody and let's hide it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and maybe like make the production a little weirder so it's like kind of like a weird experimental feeling thing. Yeah, I agree with that statement. I think that I think think that when utilized at its best a hidden track can resolve a record in a way that maybe it has more closure than what you were originally trying to accomplish with your closing track is that that sounds redundant but like it just resolve it in a way that maybe feels like more personal sure or in a way that it maybe seems more human i think one of the best when i think about hidden tracks like being executed really well i think about fever to tell by the yeah yeah yeah's um, and how was that hidden track called like poor song or something where it's like the instrumentation is very straightforward and the lyrics are very straightforward and basically build off of exactly what is being said in modern romance, the actual closing song, but maybe just a little bit more human with like a little bit more like actual lived in experiences being told than just right. like generalizations on a feeling. Um, I think that that is a way a hidden track can be utilized really well. Certainly. Maybe that's maybe that's what's being done here. I don't really know because again, I I also zone out at the end of this record. Have never thought about this hidden track since I probably listened to it when I was eleven years old. Yeah. Um. So, mm, I think, but life is for the living. We all know, and I don't want to live it alone. Is corny, but relatable maybe i don't sure it's fine this song's yeah, fine it's fine yeah it sucks 
<laughs> Slay Anna. Okay, so we've reached the end of the record. Okay. Before we deliver our final verdicts, is there anything anyone wants to say about Parachutes by Coldplay? This isn't specifically about this record, but I would just like to wish a happy 44th birthday to Coldplay's lead guitarist, Johnny Buckland, uh, <laughs> two days ago. Wow. <laughs> Happy belated, Johnny. <laughs> I hope you're listening. If you're listening, you have an open invitation to come on the pod. <laughs> beautiful. That was really beautiful. Chris, do you have anything you want to say about Coldplay or about this record? Uh, not, not, not pretty much no. I mean, it is very interesting that this band that made this record became the big one of the biggest bands ever. Uh, probably all due to the success of yellow like i don't even think i wonder if even if a rush of blood was exactly the way it is if they didn't have yellow on this record and yellow never existed would what kind of band would coldplay have become like 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 Imagine this record comes out every song except for Yellow, and it's probably like major label terms, like a a dud, a bomb, but they give them one more chance with a rush of blood. Is there any song on Rush of Blood? I mean, there are great songs on it, but are there any that, that could possibly bring them to mainstream success the way Yellow did? And I don't think so, which makes me think they would probably have just become like like a band like the Verve Pipe. Or I was something. Gonna, I was gonna say like the Kaiser Chiefs or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like 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 probably play festivals in in Europe for the rest of their careers and like you know, make a living but probably not like really bust through. Yeah. That's actually a great question. I totally agree with you. I think that they would have had success but it wouldn't have been as as astronomical as it is. I think that The Scientist, I think Clocks, I think In My Place, three of the four singles off of A Rush of Blood to the Head would have definitely charted and done well. But I don't think, I mean, to me, Yellow is bigger than all four singles off that record. And Yellow gives those songs like uh, context. Like, like, Like certain artists, like their hits, it matters when they come in their career. Otherwise, it doesn't like the collective conscious just is like, I don't really know what the, like why I should care about this, you know, like. Totally, totally, totally. I couldn't imagine a song like the scientist and with a video, like the scientist video, like being super successful right off the the jump, like just from the get go. Yeah. Like it definitely needed, it needed the impact of yellow and the singles that came before it. Yeah. To kind of, yeah, really inform it and give it like a launching pad. So people could see the band doing something different and like gravitate towards it. God, the scientist is so psychotically good. That song is, oh my God. Okay. Coldplay rocks. Coldplay fucking rocks. One time I I had a dream. I had a dream that I, you know, at the fest in Gainesville, how they have like secret (laughs) shows in like the, the holiday Inn. I had a dream that I probably fake problems my old band that we played like a a secret show and we played a cold play cover set uh and everybody hated it 
Chris, I uh, I love that. I love your dreams. <laughs> I believe in your dreams. They're iconic. <laughs> That's I mean, really I stand by like that would be very funny to do like to play at like a fest like that that is very like, you know, like if you're not playing like a very certain specific type of music, like you're basically like dog shit to, to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then if you went and like made like a big swing, like Coldplay, which is like one of the most like polarizing bands among music fans. <laughs> mm. That'd be very funny to me. That is very, very funny. An iconic bit, honestly. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to deliver our final verdict. I'm going to count to three, and then everyone at the same time is going to say whether they think it rocks, it sucks, it's fine, or it fucks. Okay? Easy enough. Ready? One, two, three. It's it's it rocks. Oh, two, it's fine, and one, it rocks. Okay. I, for me, the strength of the first six songs... Uh, overshadow the total nothingness of the next uh, four um, and yellow of course carries a lot of weight in, in and of itself uh, so that kind of makes it all worth it to me like if I, ha- if I have to have these four songs I don't like to have these six songs I really like I'll, I'll take it a fair deal a very fair deal well, okay, Christopher Farron, um, for listeners to the pod, where can they find you online? At Chris Farron. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I am on TikTok now. Oh, shit. Chris Fa- at Chris Farron Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, is it true that the H, Chris, that was in front of your name for years, did the H stand for hot? Uh, sure, yeah. That's not true. Um, it was actually I was in a band when I was like four or fifteen or sixteen, and there was two other Chris's in it, and I just uh, to differentiate myself just said call me H Chris, very sixteen year old eccentric guy <laughs> thing to Chris! do. Uh, I had all these years of knowing you, I had no idea that that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah. Learn something new every day. That's so beautiful. Beautiful. Um, Chris, thanks for coming on the pod. And uh, thanks for listening to It Rocks or It Sucks. Bye. 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 It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.